All right, guys. Everybody doing good? Yeah. yeah. Not Ethan. Ethan's not doing good. I know, I know you all know that the Alcorn tribe has been bebopping around between here and Nevada, Las Vegas. I'm just glad to know that pretty much everyone in this church has been there. And it's not like, oh, you went to Sin City? Yes, yeah, so the Alcorn homeschool family did a mission trip to Sin City. <laughs> I was glad to see Holly Duncan. Did you guys see that? Holly Duncan was like, you guys don't know Holly, but these are, uh, Glenn and Holly Duncan were some old friends of ours from back in the day, and they were, whoa, those kind of people, kind of like Charlie. Ooh. Glenn looked like someone was bopping him on the back of the head all the time. One time an airplane flew over him and he about crashed his car, I think, because the Holy Spirit was on it. He was just like, Ugh. And Holly, Holly was one of those laboring ladies. She, she would be praying with other ladies. They'd be squatting, having the baby right there. I mean, it's like, wow. We, that was new to us. And, you know, what's really interesting is during that time getting to know them and the church that we were new at at that time, um, I had a dream. I started researching a little bit about revivals that had happened, Pensacola, which is where Glenn and Holly got touched by God, the Pensacola revival. Uh, I had heard about Toronto for decades, well, not decades at that time, 10 years at least, six years. So I was curious and I had a curious hunger for more of the Lord, for sure. And I had a dream shortly after getting to know the, the Duncans. I had a dream that we were actually here in Kitsap County, and it looked like the fairgrounds in the dream. And there was this huge crowd of people, and it looked like a sloped, almost like a valley in front of a stage. And all of the people were in the crowd were getting touched by God and manifesting with that shoulder shrugging thing. They were being touched by the weight of God. And a guy came up to me who I think was like the evangelist or speaker or whatever, and he had a thing that looked like a Petri dish with a sponge in it. And he handed it to me and he said, well, this is making me feel really weird all of a sudden. He handed it to me and he said, you hit me with it and then run with it. And I, my mom and dad were in the dream. And my mom and dad were just like, they were getting weighed down by the presence of God. Anyway, still waiting for that dream to come into fulfillment. It was intense. I still remember it like 20 years later. That's not why we're here, though, to hear stories. I think you all have similar stories. You all have similar stories. We're going to dive into worship pretty quick here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Now I realize what you're talking about. Yeah, the room's a little lopsided. You, know, you guys could always come closer. We saw Isabel on yesterday, on yesterday, on uh, Friday and yesterday. And uh, I'm telling you, my daughter looks different. I don't know if you guys, if you noticed it. Um, I know it's weird to ask my kids because, you know, they're like, you know, well, who's your favorite? Well, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. You're all my favorite. It's, it's, it's an opportunity to learn when you're siblings to celebrate the things that God's doing in each other's lives. And, you know, because God wants to do the same thing for all of us. Right? 
That's right. So Isabel, I told you guys last week or so that she had taken the gone with the youth group and spent a week at Bethel. Um, the first day she was there, when Monday morning worship started at nine o'clock, and she just broke everything, just sobbing, and she didn't have a reason. She said, "I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. I just couldn't stop crying." And it went on all day. And she, with the kids, throughout five days, they activated the kids. They prayed for each other, prophesied over each other. She said the word came fast when she gave a prophetic word to another person. She watched people getting prayed for, and she's texting us. I mentioned this a week, two weeks ago. As she's texting, she says, I think this person's getting ready to go down. And yes, they just did. You know, it's like, these are teenagers that are that are praying for each other. This is you guys, you young people who have no junior Holy Spirit praying for each other. And you know what it is? It's not that you don't have the Holy Spirit now and someone that's walking in that kind of power does. It's just that their faith has been opened up to the possibilities. So our heart as moms and dads and and spiritual mothers and fathers in this room is to, to see all of you young people awaken to the possibilities. Awaken to the things that God wants to do in and through you. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of you is powerful. He is not just this, yeah, the representation is often the, the dove, the gentle dove resting, and he does come and rest on you, but the Holy Spirit is a raging fire. The Bible says that when Jesus would baptize you in fire, in the Holy Spirit and with fire, you would be salted with fire. He is a raging, burning fire. He burns away stuff out of our lives. He burns away the habits, the sinful thinking. He burns inside of us a passion for Jesus to fall in love with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, to fall in love with what Jesus did for us. He burns with fire. And he just wants to engulf each one of you and each one of us adults. He wants to saturate and submerge our lives until there's nothing else that's left. It's just passion for him. I'm going to grab something real quick. What did you guys think of Charlie and Lori last week? Three of you? So if you didn't get a chance to get Charlie's book, we, we bought a, a handful of them. So if you want a copy, if, um, we paid 10 bucks per book. If you, wanna, if you got the money and you want to put 10 bucks in the box, if you don't have the money and you really want the book, just take it and put five bucks in or a dollar. Put a quarter, I don't care. You know, just a side note. We do this because we're not concerned about how much we've spent on something. We want to make sure everyone pays back what, you know. We want everyone in this house to be equipped. It's not about the account. It's about equipping. We want to take the goods and we want to make sure everyone in this place has an opportunity to receive and absorb Charlie said something um, in this book, and he talked to us about it on that Saturday night, a, a handful of us that were together. We did a little soaking time in the living room. So Charlie and Lori got really touched in Toronto. Toronto, 1994, the big outpouring happened. Randy Clark came to a 200-member vineyard church, 
Holy Spirit come was the first thing I think was prayed and Holy Spirit came and came and came like an outpouring river that didn't stop for a long, long time. It turned into day and night meetings for weeks for like a decade. And people traveled from all around the world, including Galen, including Charlie, Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker. All of these people traveled to the airport vineyard to receive from the Lord. And so this is what he uh, talks about. Uh, John Arnott is the pastor of the church. And John Arnott talks about soaking prayer. Soaking prayer, you know, for us as believers, oftentimes prayer is just a one-way conversation. You guys know what I mean? We just talk. Soaking prayer is shutting up for just a little while and listening. You know, he wants to say something to us too. And the reason why I'm going there is because I believe that even in our worship this morning, that he wants to have a conversation with you. He is inviting us into a relationship with him where not only do we get to pour out our heart, and he wants to know your concerns. He already knows them, but he wants you to feel free and have permission to pour out your heart at his feet because he cares. He wants you to get it all out, and then he wants to tell you his response because he is a good father. He's a good dad. So this is what John Arnott said about soaking prayer. He compares it to the process of making pickles. I found a classic Greek word study on the word bapto, meaning to dip, and baptizo, meaning to immerse. The recipe called for the raw fruit, the pickle, the cucumber, to be dipped in boiling water to blanch or sterilize the cucumber. Using the word bapto, which means to dip in and out quickly. Okay, just a quick. Then it called for the cucumber to be immersed using the word baptizo. So we did the bapto, just a quick blanch, burn off all the, the dirt and bugs or whatever that might be on the outside. Just a quick blanch. And then we baptizo that sucker. We immerse it. Soaked in the brine and the pickling solution for several weeks. What happens during this soaking time is that the marinade or the pickling solution soaks deep into the flesh of the cucumber until it makes, until it takes on the flavor of the pickling solution so that it no longer tastes like a raw cucumber. This is what we mean by soaking. May you be so marinated in the presence of the Holy Spirit, soaking in the river of God, that you no longer taste like your old nature, your old raw nature, but instead have taken on the flavor of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, pickle us, Lord, in the marinade of the Holy Spirit. Soak us in your wonderful presence until we become more and more. I might just pray that over us as we get ready to stand up. But what I want to do and I'm not going to preach, I swear. I know I joke about this, but I'm really not going to preach much today. I really, what I want to do after worship is open up the time for you guys just to feel free and come up and just share. If you feel like you want to share something that God is doing in your life, some new, fresh season you're in, or a testimony, if, if there's been a breakthrough, or if there's just something that you're walking in, but you want to express that you're holding 
you're holding fast. Wherever you're at, if you want to share it, we're going to open up that time. And I have a little bit of scripture to, to read together, but I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to go through a whole 40 minutes of, of preaching, taking up the time right now, I guess. So, But what I thought would be fun to do is open up our meeting with a, a, a word, I would call it a prophetic word, that Teresa Farley gave us at the beginning of the year. So if Ethan, if you'd get ready to, I'm going to open it first with Psalm 133. I'm not going to have you guys stand for this because it might take a minute. Tammy's like, thank you. Yeah. We be tired. We're so tired of driving and traveling. We're like, we should have had one of you guys prepared to preach today, but that's okay. You're like, no, I'm glad you didn't. It's summertime. Summertime. Okay. Yeah. So Psalm 133 says in the Passion Translation, How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. Just look around the room. These are your brothers and sisters. The people on Facebook, the people in your life that you're still in relationship with that are believers in Jesus, they are your brothers, they are our brothers and sisters. How good and pleasant, how wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters living together in sweet unity. It is, this is what God says about it when we're in unity. It, it's as precious as the sacred scented oil flowing down the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. Next slide. This heavenly harmony can be compared to the dew dropping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forevermore. Before you go into Teresa, go back. I don't want him to start reading that yet. I knew that was going to happen. The Lord commands a blessing when we walk together in unity. Teresa saw it in our church when she was here. I see it in our church. I see a unity. There is such a like-mindedness and a a like-heartedness in this small gathering of people. And it goes beyond us. It really does. But it's just something that's really powerful and sweet about it. It, I, I believe that this scripture is ours. That... It pleases him, and he just, he loves our unity so much that he wants to just pour his presence all over us. He wants to just anoint with oil from head to toe this body of believers because he loves what he sees, and he's commanding his blessing. You know, the the NIV is what I've learned it in. You know, this is where the Lord commands his blessing. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his blessing, his eternal blessing the promise of life forevermore. So based on that scripture, this is what Teresa said back in January. What a wonderful time it is to take in this new and fresh breath with God. There's nothing like the beginnings of a new year. I'm so excited. Can you feel it? I see him in everything. The wave of a leaf, the song on a gentle breeze, the exquisite and fluid turn of flying flocks orchestrating in harmonic union, 
the beauty of a body of believers, I believe she's referring to, the beauty of a body that works in the precision of yielded grace and trusted submission, there is a cohesiveness coming, a convergence that delights itself strong in the lingering of God's name, his worship, the blessing of his word, the balm of his promises and the comfort of his grace. She should have been a poet. This is very poetic. Unity and union, the marriage of the spirit, sealed in covenant and distributed in love. The kingdom reigns no matter the hour of our day. It's amazing to think about ours. They faithfully and continually move forward, allowing hands of steel, our hands, to define the time. Waves of power set tone, a frequency, if you will, that guide or empower those hands through every season or hour of the day. The wave, God, source, Holy Spirit, consists of pattern, foundation, government, kingdom, fueled in resurrection power, releasing the glory of God. It's amazing, isn't it? Your church is becoming cohesive, rich in its undertaking. It has seen recent flurries of God's steadfast faithfulness. I'm just going to pause for a second. We have experienced seasons, moments in our gatherings, weekly and when we've had special people come in that have ministered to us, people that we consider family and friends. Rich in its undertaking, recent flurries of God's steadfast faithfulness. Sing praise. Celebrate your thanks. God has only begun. Let your dreams become your voice. Let your dreams become your voice. I just want to preach into that for two seconds. Dream with God and let the things that you dream with him come out of your mouth. Let the things that he shows you that you're dreaming with him, the things that are from him, the dreams that he is releasing into your spirit, let those things be wired into your voice box and speak it out and prepare to chart your course. Recognize the power of your speech. Your words carry resurrection power. That power is infused with the heart and voice of God. Let the Spirit be your guide. And once I finish reading this, don't make it go away yet. We have some friends coming in the room. I'm going to keep on going. Don't turn around, guys, and look. Now, Legacy City Church. Now, Legacy City Church. The Good morning. We're just reading some stuff off the screen here. So just grab a seat if you want. Make yourself at home. This is for us, guys. This is for this church. And if, if you're new to Legacy City Church, if you've only been here for 10 seconds or you've been here for two years or longer, take this for yourself. Legacy City Church, the vibration of your speech, sanctified in and under God's blessing, carries the power to create matter. Okay, now you're, you might be thinking, what in the world did we just walk into? <laughs> 
This is a prophetic word that was given to us by a very precious woman of God. I'm going to read that again. The vibration of your speech, sanctified, set apart, in and under God's blessing. Okay, I'm not, we're, she's not saying that everything you say, but it's the words you speak that are set apart in and under the blessing of God carries the power to create matter. God loves you. He is so favorably for you. This is the time to wallow in his gracious abundance. Exercise or work out in your spiritual domain. Pop the quiff. Okay, now you guys are like, what does that mean? What is pop the quiff? I got to go back into this because I just typed it up this morning. Do you guys know what pop the quiff means? You will. Yes, you will. So we're going to go into a little science here. Dave, this is, you already probably know. You just didn't want to say, I know what the quiff is. The QWF, quantum wave function. Okay, this is not a church thing. This is a, I mean, it is our creator, part of his creation. QWF, they say, they just pronounce it as quiff. Not the hairdo. QWF, quantum wave function. Pop the quiff. And you can look it up on your own and just kind of really get it in you and be like, oh my gosh, this is bizarre. This is science. Scientists have discovered some wild things. And you guys shared some things about the, the light going through the cuts. and You need to talk to me about that again. I need to find that. So quantum wave function. Instead of being able to pinpoint the building blocks of life as microscopic things, Okay. You can look at things under a microscope. You can see that it's all made up of you know, little tiny things and break it all the way down to atoms. Quantum wave function is not just looking at something under a microscope, things that are easy to understand and predict. Rather, what scientists found were waves of possibilities, also described as vibrating energy packets. <laughs> Tammy's like, where are you going now? Are you, are you, you're like locked in, aren't you? Good. Okay. <laughs> Vibrating energy packets. Scientists have found out that there are waves of possibilities described as vibrating energy packets. It seems these quantum waves remained in that state until someone took a measurement of them. Whoa. Jehovah Sneaky. That is his name. He is just waiting to blow your mind with science. Science. <laughs> okay, let me find my spot here. It seems that these quantum waves remain in the state in that state until someone took a measurement of them. Until an observer showed up, that act of observation or the influence of consciousness, as some would argue, is what transforms possibility into reality. So we have before us all possibilities. What did Jesus say? With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. If you say to that mountain, be removed and go into the heart of the sea, it will be moved. 
So we have before us all possibilities, and we draw forth a particular possibility by focusing on it. That pops the quiff. That pops that quantum wave function. I know this is like weird. Like, is this church? Where are we at? You know, we can do this. We don't have, you know, 100 people, 200 people in the room to scare half of them away. If, you know, we wouldn't notice if half the church is gone. Well, we would, but that pops the quiff, the quantum wave function. Oh, here we go. So it's when, when you focus on it, when you discover it, the possibility that pops the quiff, the quantum wave function into prickly particles. This is what scientists have discovered. They found these packets, the vibrating energy packets, and when they're discovered, they are popped into prickly particles that we know as reality. The one, this messes me up and this isn't even scripture. The one who spoke the world into existence, the one who spoke creation into existence, the one who became God in flesh, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the one who spoke to the dead person and said, Lazarus, arise from your tomb. Come out. Little girl, wake up. Fever, I rebuke you. And it's just gone. Fig tree, wither and die because you produced no fruit. Jesus demonstrated to us the power of when you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you are being led and directed by the Spirit of God, you are hearing what the Father is saying, seeing what the Father is doing, and you activate what you're, what you're realizing in the spiritual reality. You're activating it by speaking it forth. There is life and death in the, the power of life and death in your tongue. Your words are powerful. If I tell my child as they're growing up, you're a loser, you're a failure, you're stupid, the world knows that that has an influence on them. The Jewish community, we all know how they raise their kids. You can do it, you're smart, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, <laughs> you're going to make money, you're going to be famous, you're going to do this, you're going to go places. Even when they fail right in front of them, they speak life. That is their culture. And God is inviting us into his culture. And his culture says, we call forth the things that are not as though they are. We prophesy over our circumstances. We speak life into things that look dead. We call forth the things that are not as though they already are. You might be struggling with sin. God says you're holy. He says you're sin-free. You are declared sinless, spotless, blameless because you are in Christ. There is now, therefore now, no condemnation for anyone in this room who is in Christ Jesus. You have been set free and who the Son sets free, you are free indeed. Why don't we stand up? I'm going to finish reading this though, but we're going to stand up. Back to the last line I read. This is the time to wallow in his gracious abundance. Exercise, work out in your spiritual domain and pop the quiff. <laughs> now that we know what it means. 
Have fun, yes. Sound effects are great. Make a noise if you want. Have fun and be relaxed. Don't be so uptight. Chill out, okay? It's okay. God's got this. Have fun, be relaxed, speak in authority. Speak in authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus Christ and you are now hidden in Christ and you are seated with him in heavenly places and he has given you permission to go therefore in his name, in his authority. Speak in authority, believing God's heart and best for his flock. Unite with him. That's what we're gonna do in just a minute when we worship. Unite with him and follow his, your dreams. Your dreams are going to merge into his dreams. When you begin to dream his dreams and delight yourself in him, your dreams are going to merge into his. Happy New Year, my friend, back in January. It's now July. No, it's August. Oh, my gosh. It's time for a fresh word. I love you all and miss you, Teresa. Teresa's going to come with us to be with us soon. I'm not sure how soon, but it will be soon because I'm going to be bugging her. I'm going to get that lady up here. You can see or observe a God quiff. This is something that I found a believer taking note of what I just read. You can see or observe a God quiff, something God shows you that is not yet realized or manifested. You can observe it. This morning as we worship, when you have your eyes closed, whether you're singing out your praise or you're just soaking in his word, if you're just having a soaking session and you're listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying this morning, when you observe something from heaven this morning, it's an opportunity, something that is not yet realized or manifested. Your purpose and assignment is waiting for a God quantum wave function. For you to pop. If he shows you something, declare it. If something in your heart resounds this morning in the words that we sing in worship, as we read scriptures later on, as people share later on after worship, if something is resounding in your heart, add your yes to it. Give it your amen. Every yes that you give to God, he marks. It's like a line drawn in the sand and you stepped over. You said yes to his promise, yes to his word, yes to what he's revealing. All right, so I said I was going to pray this over us. We're going to pray and we're going to worship. You guys ready? So you can put your hands out if you want. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you this morning. We welcome you in this place. We say pickle us. Lord, marinate us in the marinade of the Holy Spirit. Soak us in your wonderful presence until we become more and more and more like you. Saturate us this morning, Holy Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We just say, let freedom be released in this room as we welcome you to come and invade this place. We welcome you this morning to come and invade our hearts. Marinate us. Go into the deepest places. Let the fire of your presence burn inside of us. Mark us today for the glory of your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's worship.
Yes, God, we will never stop singing your praises, God, in the middle of circumstances, God, in the middle of dreams, God, in the hallway where we feel like we're never getting out. God, we sing your praises. We sing your praises, God. We love you. You are so worthy, Father. Just thank you, Jesus. If anyone has anything to share, come on up at this time. So, Monday, I started doing things a little different. <laughs> this is powerful. So, I'm entering into morning prayer, and I just paused. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to pray? Who do you want me to pray for? Cairo, Egypt. I thought, Cairo, Egypt, okay. So I'm praying. I get done praying, and I go online. What's going on in Cairo, Egypt? They had the first terrorist attack in over 200 years. 20 killed, 47 wounded. The next day, Tuesday, Lord, who do you want me to pray for? Pakistan. Pakistan is suspending trade with India, I found out. The next day, Guadalajara, Mexico. <laughs> A Mexican drug cartel commander was drunk on the streets and got, got arrested. The next day, London, England, police officer was slashed with a machete and a little girl, 15 years old, Nora Corin, missing from her hotel with an open window. The next day, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Worst ever hunger crisis. Two million people on the brink of starvation. There's a severe drought. Hmm. The next day, Christchurch, New Zealand. Four out of ten people mistrust evangelical Christians. Wow. 
I'm thinking, man, I just learned how to pray, you know, for my family, my children, my church, my neighborhood. And the Lord's also had me praying politically. And really, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in this president, in this administration, in this party, in both parties, etc. But our, our, it's much bigger than just save my dad. My dad's going to be 89 this week. Oh, save my dad, Lord. But save these countries. And every day it's a new assignment. And it, it's just wild. I enter it and I get excited. I wonder what the news is going to say. Debbie, that's so awesome. I think in a time uh, where we see a lot of things that are going on in the world right now, for the Lord to give you a heart for all of those things, because we can be so caught up in our circumstances. I've been caught up in my circumstances here recently, and I just wanted to share a little bit of a testimony about that. And I think sometimes when there's so much going on outside in the world, and we can kind of start to feel that loss of hope or despair, if you got stuff going on that's pretty heavy at home, whether it be an illness or it's a spiritual battle, um, whatever that storm is that we're facing can be kind of tough. And you can, sometimes a big wave can hit you and you come up sputtering and you still know he's there and you're sensing his presence and you're talking to him and he's talking back to you. But sometimes those little waves keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming, and they keep coming, and you just feel like you're going under. Those are the hard times. It's like the bear at the picnic isn't the scary thing. Sometimes it's the ants that erode away at you. But we live in the dash between the time we're born, time we die. And we live in the dash between those circumstances, between those storms, whether they're ones that we create ourselves or whether they're happenstance things that come upon us is just continuing to abide in him and his love is our defense but what I wanted to share today specifically because I've been struggling with this I got to tell you I've been struggling with this and generally I'm 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 weathering things and I'm keeping him close and I'm you know his joy is my the joy of the Lord's my strength and I have peace and I try to maintain that peace and I've been struggling with that recently. But today, when I was praying for Pastor Tom, who's going through most likely the effects of his treatment, because sometimes the treatment is really as much as rough on you as it is the, the illness that you're facing. And as I'm talking to the Lord, he reminded me of the battle that I went through with my daughter when she was 17 and had cancer and was fighting for her life. And he reminded me that sometimes when we can lose our way, if we go back and we look at those markers in our life, turn around, go back down that pathway and look at those altars, look at those markers, look at those stones and remembrance. Remember me, remember what I've done, the promises, what I brought you through, my character that I brought to bear on each one of these circumstances that you've been through, my, the attributes that I show you. Those 
you can depend on, no matter what's going on, no matter what the storm is, because he's the one who's the mighty one, and he's the one that can bring anything that you need to bear. It's right there. He's always with us. We have a tendency to get caught up in the little waves that wash over us time and time again, and all the sands coming up. We can't see the sky. We keep going down. And this morning, he really brought me out of that in a big way. And I you know, felt like I had my joy back and my peace and that I could just come and rejoice and say hallelujah on the way to church and speaking to Connie. And Connie had some stuff that kind of piggybacked on that. And sometimes it, we're all a piece of the puzzle and we all need each other. Um, yeah, I'm just getting prepared because the Lord's always so heavy up here and he, he, you have the gift of being wrecked because you're so vulnerable, Scott, and you're so open to the Lord. And Tammy, you make it really safe to do that. So I can be up here and be wrecked too, you know? We did that earlier today. <laughs> I got wrecked going to get some caffeine this morning. So I figure it's washing over on me too. Um, so we're all in process, right? We're working out our own salvations with his help and his grace. One of the things that Naira and I were talking about it, how God's the Lion of Judah, which is interesting that Naira prophetically put that up there. And he's also, he's the Lamb of God. And I've always been confused in my life of when to be the Lion and when to be the Lamb. When do I lay down and just give in to a circumstance that isn't feeling really good or godly? And maybe I've even produced that. Because we don't die on every hill, do we? Not supposed to, anyway. And then when is he the Lion of Judah that comes on and fights our battles? So what's made it really safe in my journey of being in recovery and healing has been being able to be here and talk to any of you and know that this is a safe place. That I don't have it together and I don't have to pretend. I don't have to be a people pleaser because... This is a family that knows and understands that doesn't get us anywhere. And I don't have to be that. I want to be authentic. And that's been a huge part of what's been being worked out on me. So when I had one of those circumstances of being the lion, <clears throat> one of the things that God's doing is giving me my voice back. And it's not always going to come out right or appropriate or perfect because when we're in process and healing, we're just human beings. We don't do it perfect. But he wants us to step out there. So I had this uh, altercation in a restroom a week ago <laughs> where a person that owned the restaurant wasn't letting five of us, and there was a disabled man behind me, use her bathroom. And um, this was not like me at all to say something to her. And a little gal was trying to use the code to get in. And she had eaten at this woman's restaurant. She couldn't get in. So to make a long story short, the woman who owned the restaurant came in while we're waiting for the other one that Starbucks um, owned. And we just left each other in. We didn't have to use the code. And so this woman comes in and tells us that we're not going to use that bathroom. And she is like in our faces practically, no, this is not. This is for the restaurant, on and on and on. So I said, <clears throat> it's just like, whew, 
Lion of Judah, right? I said, that doesn't matter. These five people here need to use the restroom. It's like, I didn't say that to her, but it was 75 degrees and we were all trying to stay hydrated. And she said, yes, it does matter. And I said, we all need to use, you know, I'm trying to plead, but you know, sometimes people that are really wounded or whatever, it doesn't even work to plead that this is a humanitarian problem here. <clears throat> so she goes in to use her bathroom. And I looked at the girl next to me and I said, it's too hot to fight. <laughs> she just said, I, I, I ate at a restaurant and I can't get in to use the code. I said, well, we'll fix that, you know. So I, uh, she comes out and I'm standing right by the door, so I hold the door open. She goes, and she holds, she's like this in front of the door itself. So we have a standoff. I'm high, she's low. She's shorter than me. I'm higher than her. And she goes, you are not using this restroom. And I said, all of us need to use the restroom. She goes, you are not. This is only for the restaurant. And I, and I, I think I was a little outside of the line of Judah. I said, you are awful and I will never, ever come into your establishment. She goes, you're not using the restroom. And she slammed the door behind, and we don't have the code. Even though that little gal had been given the code, it wasn't working. So she just, and the girl's saying, but, 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 I, I, I ate at your restaurant. And she's just out the door. So we all were forced to use the one restroom, and all five of us. What the Lord showed me was, Connie, I'm giving your voice back because there is a time that Goliath is going to be in your life. And you better stand up to him. You better even run toward him. But what he showed me was, he, and this is one of Deb's favorite sayings, he loves mercy, not sacrifice. So when somebody comes up against you, there's a time to be righteous because that's who Jesus is and say, whoa. <laughs> but what Jesus showed me this morning, and this is where I got wrecked, was do you want to know how I would have handled that? And it's like a heck of a lot better than I would have. <laughs> and he said, the Lamb of God would have said, I know it's expensive to use restrooms. I've heard other restaurateurs tell me that. So if I go in and buy cookies, for these five people, that'd probably cost $15, $20. Can we all use your restroom? It's a win for you, and it's a win for me and all of us. That's the mercy and the grace of God. That's the line of Judah that says, don't you pick on that person. But in my old days, I would have been all empathetic and wimpy and went, oh, she's having a bad day. Having a restaurant costs a lot of money. She's probably worried about the plumbers having to come in because there's thousands of people at this event. And that would have been okay to have that kind of compassion and empathy. But it wasn't right, the action she took. If all those people needed water and she held water, is that right? It's a humanitarian cause. No, but God always gives grace. He's given a lot to me, and I have been in desperate need of it. So I guess that's the dash, and that's the part where when things come at us, it's called, as you were talking about science, in psychology it's called cognitive dissonance, and we all have a bit of it. It's where our heads and our heart aren't matching up yet. But what he's saying is, I want to heal that. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying, you call on yourself and all the others to pray that our minds be renewed in the mind of Christ. 
and that our hearts become new and create a clean heart. So we are the Lion of Judah and we are the Lamb of God and we are a blend of that. I think it's Graham Cook that says we are the killer sheep but not against each other, just against the enemy that's Satan. So is it okay if I pray, pray? Pray, yeah, pray. It said that up there. Pray, pray. <laughs> so Lord, I just ask that our minds really be open and attached to the mind of Christ and that we would with our with our will, that we would surrender, that we wouldn't hold anything against others or you, Lord. We just surrender our will. I ask that you renew our minds as we do that because nothing can change if you don't renew our mind. We're stuck. So we surrender, Lord. I ask, Lord, for clean heart for me. Lord, I ask that you would connect our heads, our hearts, so we have cognitive resonance, that we are body, soul, and spirit connected. I pray over us, Lord, that we are the Lion of Judah because you created us in your image. I pray we're the Lion of Judah that stands up for righteousness and that we're mirrors of you. I pray for the Lamb of God that gives grace and mercy even when it isn't deserved because we don't deserve it. But we're your kids and we look like you. Thank you, Lord, for reviving and renewing and regenerating every one of us here for now and for the past and for the future that we're new creations in you. Thank you, Lord. I do want to invite anybody else, but I just want to, as I'm hearing that and I'm thinking of different things, I feel like the Lord is inviting us into new beginnings so I'm just hearing uh, stepping into new, new beginnings that yesterday is gone. Today's a fresh start. And mercy does triumph over judgment. And he, he wants us to grow in grace and to learn from our mistakes, learn from our failures, but, but not to condemn ourselves. About a month or so ago, we were at Costco. And that makes me want to cry thinking about it. But... Never make decisions, and I'll say never speak even. <laughs> when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, halt. We were in Costco. I must have been hungry or angry. I wasn't lonely. I was with Tammy. I might have been tired. So it was one of those three. And we were in the back by the cereal, and I passed by a guy with this kid who's kind of probably Oscar's age and kind of making a, a lot of whiny noise. And as we got past, and there's another cart up ahead, probably 20 feet. And I was like, yeah, man, flick him on the lips and give him a reason to cry. That's pretty, you know, what to say. Starts with a D. It's pretty jerky. And uh, I didn't realize that's the mom. And she just turned and smiled. And I knew at that moment, oh my gosh, I just said something really stupid. And then later on, as the dad came by with the little kid and the, the child in the cart, I realized that the kid probably had like down, not down syndrome, but what, do you, what would you call that? Uh, he was autistic, I think. 
I felt like such a jerk. I didn't even know what to say. I'm confessing my sins to you guys. <laughs> halt. He's, he's inviting us to step into what are you saying today, Lord? What do you want me to pray? Where you go, I'll go. What you say, I'll say. It's an invitation. It's not an expectation of perfection, but it's an invitation to turn around, to repent. Repentance just means to change your mind and go the right direction. He's inviting us to repent, to turn from the stupid way of doing something, maybe a little bit of you know, anger mixed in or tiredness, to ask him, how would you have done this? How would you have fixed this? So I appreciate you being vulnerable and... Yeah, it's just such a fragile balance. You know, I had just a couple things here. Did anyone else want to come up? We're going to wrap this up. Um, yeah, come on up. Before you share, come up here and turn around and face everybody. But before you share, I just, yeah, I'll just go ahead. Um, I just wanted to um, touch base because a lot of you have been just praying for our family and covering us in prayer for a long time. Um, and uh, I started a computer class recently, um, and there I've been noticing some major breakthroughs in my lungs and my lung functioning. Um, and I just wanted to share some of those kind of breakthrough moments um, and milestones um, that have been really, really eye-opening um, and really awesome to see. So um, through the course of this year so far, since January, I've been in the hospital for various things and for various lengths of time, probably five different times. Um, uh, some for procedures, some for ER visits, um, some a combination. Um, but it's, it's been like five distinct times. Um, and the most recent time was at the tail end of June, early July. So I started this computer class July 22nd. And um, it is in Seattle, so I walk onto the ferry. And then um, it's only a couple blocks into Seattle. And so it's... Um, if you've ever walked onto the ferry, you cross the overpass, and now you're at first, and then there's a hill climb, and then you're at second, and then there's another hill climb. So that's what I need to do. Um, and to put it into contrast, um, being in the hospital and walking hospital floors that are level, that you're monitored, to just be able to discharge from the hospital to being able to climb two hills um, and to be able to do it for three weeks in a row, Monday to Friday, um, has been awesome. Um, uh, I mean, just being able to do it <laughs> physically. Um, of course, I still have my oxygen with me and we're taking safety precautions. I'm not being stupid about it. I'm trying to make sure I have the equipment in place in case something isn't working right. 
or God forbid, like there's a fire in Seattle or <laughs> I'm walking by somebody who's smoking or something, you know, I've got my, I've got my stuff with me to be prepared. Um, but to be able to walk that stretch and to be able to do it, um, and I'm still a mess, I'm still coughing, I'm still, but the, um, the time that it takes to recover from one hill to the other one is shortening and my lungs are expanding better. I'm able to climb the hills more successfully and with less time. Um, and it's just really awesome to see that. Um, also, my essentially work schedule has gone from um, just trying to rest and recuperate from all these hospital visits to very challenging workload. And so it's, it's been an all-day thing. It's probably been three weeks of 50-plus of hours. Um, and the contrast there is that in April and May, I was encountering probably everyday fevers that would dissipate, but it was almost every day where I would have a fever symptom or things, weren't just, things just weren't clicking right. Um, and with the extended workload and with the extended hours, now we've been tired and we've been stressed as a family. That's beside the point. But um, I haven't had any fever symptoms. I haven't had any, um, I haven't caught on any, into any cold viruses or, or anything like that that would cause like a step back in health. So those are two major milestones that have been like, major breakthroughs in terms of trying to be productive again and in terms of trying to accomplish something and stay healthy through um, whatever this next chapter brings. So it's an element that I just wanted to share that it's, it's only the beginning. Um, we've got a lot of work still to do. And us as a family, we've, we're still pulling together and we've got things to work through as is, as, as like, all families, but um, to see those two breakthrough points has been really amazing, and I'm really grateful for everybody praying and everybody supporting us from January until now. Um, and this will be intense all the way through December, um, but um, I, I, just these three-week sample size shows, like, I can do it. And it's really encouraging to see. Awesome. Hey, hey, don't. Yeah. You want to just stand right here for a second? Just, just stay up here. We're going to pray for this guy. But before we pray for you, let me just cover a couple things. Because I feel like maybe I had a few words of knowledge. And I don't know if the people that left <clears throat> was for them. But I'm just going to read this out. And this is, I believe this is what God was showing me. He's healing. Um, so if, if you have any of these things then test it out or just receive it. Um, we know he's the healer of all things, but specifically I saw bone marrow. Like I saw the inside of a bone and I saw the fibers. So I believe that he's healing bone marrow issues um, and blood-related issues. So if you've got some kind of imbalance or some kind of blood thing, I believe that he's healing that this morning or has already healed it. I saw... Uh, bones that are connected at a joint and I saw a new cartilage in that spot. 
So if you have like elbow, knees, uh, any finger arthritis, I feel like he's healing that right now. So test those things out. I saw a heart and the, vein, the vessels inside of a heart. I feel like he is saying that he's healing heart issues, arteries. Um, so I also saw a young lady with speckled wings falling backwards. So if you're a young lady in the room and you feel like you're just falling out of whatever you don't want to be falling out of, I just felt like I saw his hands and he's saying he's catching you now in his hands and he's breathing new life and new hope and he says you are forgiven. So there's not very many young ladies and I don't want to point out just like one. So it could be an older or younger or any one of you. It could be one of you boys. It doesn't have to be a lady. If you felt like, you know, that's you, um, that's what he's saying to you, that you're forgiven. He's breathing new life into you and he's catching you in his hands. What I would like to do, if we could, are you cool with this? Just let us blast you with some prayer. You stand in the middle here. What I would like to do is I'd like to get the young guys first. So Ethan, I'm not going to bug Oscar, but you three boys and you Clayton, um, any other young guys in here, why don't you guys just get around Josh? I'd like you guys to just put your hands on his, wherever his chest is at, his lungs, you can put them on his back, on his chest, just get around Make a circle. I'm just going to, I'm going to walk you guys through a quick prayer. And come on, get in here, man. You can get right in front, Clayton. It's okay. You guys can face him. It's, it's fine. Come around. Come around. Don't be shy. Stop right there. Now face him. Look him in the eye and say, I'm going to heal you today in the name of Jesus. You can put your hand right on it if you want. Stick your hand on a chest there. Yeah. Yeah. So we just say life. Just say life. We release life. We release life in the name of Jesus. Just say more guys. Just say more. We just declare more healing. We declare, just say acceleration. Acceleration. I'm not hearing you guys. Just don't think it. You got to speak it. Remember? Pop the quiff. We got to pop the quiff. Yeah, just say acceleration. This is really easy. Acceleration. New life. More. And we just speak to the lungs. We say open. Open up. More oxygen intake healing just continue to increase and we give you thanks we say thank you jesus for what you're doing amen thanks you guys i know we're bossy when we're telling you how to pray but i gotta hear it we want to pop the pop the quiff now you're free to go you're free to go so one other person uh i'd like to pray for happy birthday savannah would you come up here for a minute I would like to finish our meeting off with having any young girls come up here too. You can stand more in the middle. Here, I'll just move this out of the way. Young girls, and I would like to ask the, the women, the church moms, to come around the young girls. And then let's just, let's just hear. Yeah, Em, come on up. All, all young ladies, and then, and then let's just go from the youngest to the oldest and make a, you know, circles around her. Ripples, yeah, we're going to do the ripple effect. So you guys could just put your hands on her. And I'm going to hand the microphone to you moms, and I am going to just say one word that um, I want to just speak over you. We just say happy birthday, Savannah. Happy birthday. Jesus loves you severely. Your name means a treeless, what is it, a treeless what? An open plain. 
And I just see you as a solid, open plain, a, a clear field that is just ripe for the things of God to be written on. You are like an open canvas, and Jesus is the artist, and he is just pleased with how open your life is to him. He's pleased with your heart being open like, like a savanna for him, and he's going to come like the rain. He's going to come like the rain, and he's going to let the presence of his, his rain, his presence like rain is going to come into every part of who you are, and he's going to fill and he's going to soften, he's going to saturate, and you're going to produce so much awesome fruit. Yes. So, Father, we just bless Savannah today, Father. God, just continue to do what you want in her, Father. Give her dreams from you. Give her visions from you, Father. Give her desires from you, Father God. And we just say we just bless her today, Father. Give her more of you. Just fill her. And just continue to work through her. God, just show her what you think of her. God, that you just, you love her. She's your princess. And yeah, that you just, you're so pleased with her life, Father. Yes, Savannah, what I've noticed about you, and I, I shared this with your mom before, that you are a watcher. You take in everything around you, and the Lord is going to use every bit of that. Whatever come, is coming into you is going to be filtered through the Holy Spirit, and you are going to be that person that people come to because you're strong like an oak, and like your parents that have deep roots, you're growing your roots in him. And Savannah, I just, um, what I sense the Lord saying or what I perceive what he's saying or thinking, feeling about you is that um, you're not hard-headed against him, but that you, um, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to maneuver you this way and that way because you already have a heart that is open to him. To, to hear him and to listen and be obedient and to and to trust you already are you're you are light years ahead of a lot of us <laughs> there's such a strong anointing on you savannah i'm ready to go backwards i never fall back <laughs> i fall forward so that's like how how the Lord thinks of you and sees you. He's given you a big anointing. And I still see you in like a nurse's uniform and the cross, the red cross and all that. Doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna be a nurse. It means that you have a gift of hospitality where you make people feel really safe and welcome. And there is that humanitarian part of you that you see people hurting and you wanna do something about it. And that is an awesome, awesome gift. And if you become a nurse, that's cool too. But um, there's some real grace-filled gifts in you. It's pretty, pretty spectacular. Girls, did you have anything? 
Hey, I just saw, you know those pictures that we see of the desert where it's all cracked? And then when you've seen the rain just kind of splattering all over and you can actually see the big drops. I just saw like that's what God is gonna is doing and is gonna do even more as the days go ahead. Like he is just gonna totally deluge. Deluge, is that how you say it? Deluge? Deluge. He's just gonna pour all over. And what's awesome about who you are is that you you don't have clutter everywhere that keeps his presence from getting down into the soil. You're just an open field. You're an open plain for him. And he's just gonna when when he saturates you in the days ahead, as he saturates you, it's going to just cause so much to grow up. So much fruit. I don't even know what that, that fruit looks like, but I'm sure there's lots of desert fruit that grows, maybe. You're an open field, but you're also an open voice. And the Lord's going to use you in that way. I think when you think of open fields, though, a lot of times deep down underneath, there's deep wells underneath that open field. And the Lord is pouring into you all that he's pouring into you, that you're taking in through your eye gates, because I see that in you. All of that is going down deep inside of you. It's permeating down and filling up that well. That's what you'll be drawing from. That's what other people, why they will be so attracted to you, because they need to draw from that well. We're just going to go ahead and officially dismiss the meeting at this point, but Ethan's going to put some music on. and. We're